0: Are you ready for a nice warm glass of beer
1: cash rules everything around me it's cash flow not as boring as it sounds
0: and we found a new utterly delicious way to get fucked up this is it's all beer anything but corona edition
1: Welcome to It's All Beer. If this podcast was around in ancient Rome when Vesuvius erupted, we would be asking ourselves what will volcanic ash do to Pompeii's craft beer scene. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. How are you doing today? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Um, you know, I decided to break out the steins for uh for for this podcast because you know it is uh it just it just seems appropriate in this day and age. What it did does. you bring? And what did you bring us to drink?
0: Uh, I brought uh, one of the new DeSchutes fresh squeezed old fashioned. So it's their barrel-aged, fresh-squeezed IPA uh, that got an old-fashioned twist
1: with sweet orange peel and bourbon barrel-aging. I don't get almost any bourbon. I get a lot of the orange peel, and I get like almost like a touch of, like, brett or some, like, funky, funky fermentation quality. Yeah. Um, I mean, the hops of... I mean, I don't get... I, maybe a little bit of citrus on the hops. Moderate bitterness. I mean, I get, like, the old like the combination you got the bitter the orange Mm -hmm. but i am not getting the only
0: thing i could say with this that i could maybe you almost get a little booziness right towards the back but not much i it's not
1: bad but yeah i mean it's 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 okay i don't think it's i think i'd rush out and get another one but you know it's 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 decent um, Gonna so, attempt at an old fashioned. I mean, not the, not the worst I've ever seen. Um, yeah, so actually, to, for this episode, uh, uh, we are doing everything but Corona. I think for a, for any number of a couple for a couple of reasons. Number one, um, I think me and Tyler are already t- tired of talking and hearing about it.
0: Uh, also, I just want to stress, uh, this was a super difficult episode to prepare for. <laughs> and in this moment in time, trying to find. Something to talk about that wasn't tied into Corona,
1: but at the same time, I mean, there's not a whole lot. There, I mean, we're still at the point where it's a ton of speculation when it comes to the industry. I mean, we're starting; the numbers are just coming in, but I think we've asked about every question, and now the really the only thing we can do is like sit back and like actually let this play out. So there's not a whole lot of. I mean, the only thing new that I thought was kind of interesting. Was the fact that Crowlers, like the the aluminum for Crowlers, are out,
0: and I saw some tweets. Haven't heard confirmed yet. Green Flash got the. Looks like this was the final nail in the coffin.
1: Yeah, I heard that as well. But um, but uh, but anyway, yeah, I think I think it's really time to step back. Let this play out. And so in the meantime, um, here's a bunch of news stories that have little to nothing to do with the worldwide plague that is consuming us. So this should
0: brighten up your quarantine. <laughs> so first up, uh, we've got an article uh, from VinePair that's actually talk, uh, titled Sip a Warm One. Uh, as most people probably know, Americans get shit on all the time for drinking their beer notoriously cold.
1: I mean it was it 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 is uh, uh it was necessary for the style I think at the time uh, when you know every american beer was basically piss water I think the joke running joke was you, that's the only way you could tell the difference between it and urine so
0: yeah um but in the modern day even traditional parts of europe are still drinking it colder than they used to mm-hmm. um and everyone can agree on a nice hot boise summer day a nice cold beer is amazing. It's amazing. Super refreshing. Yes, but like with parts of Germany, Idaho also gets fucking cold part of the year. Um, so what are you to do when it's
1: twenty degrees outside and you want to drink a beer out? Well, I mean, when I was once in Minnesota where they had a uh, where they had an ice bar. Um, where they, it's just what it sounds like. They literally carved a, like a, like a really fancy bar out of ice. Uh, it disturbed me though. They were still serving the beer cold, but, yeah. um, so I guess you just, you still serve the beer cold, right?
0: Uh, yes. Or you can use a device that was used in, uh, central Europe. Uh, in Germany, it's called a beer warmer. Um, <laughs> I also cannot pronounce the check name. <laughs> uh, let's see if you can pronounce the check name. Look, Jared. I had to,
1: pra- I had to like practice for an hour before I, uh, I, um, yeah, that says beer warmer. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, um, but no, um, let's see, um, Alice Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah, we'll give it a roll. Uh, but what it is is it's a narrow metal tube that has a cap that screws on, uh, and then a hook that you hangs onto the edge of your glass or stein. Which, if Amazon wasn't so backed up, we would have, and I knew we were doing signs today, <laughs> I would have ordered these on Monday when I found the article, and actually...
1: We, we could be drink, drinking, like, hot beer right now. Warmer beers. <laughs>
0: uh, so, it is, you feel this tube that has the hanger with warm water, close the cap, drop it in your beer, and it brings up the temperature of your beer a couple degrees so you can have it a little
1: warmer get more flavor um with this i mean i that 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 does make that does make sense my question uh you'll you'll see a bunch of beer geeks you know we've been to a um we'll do like bottle shares and you like your stouts and your barley wines um you know they if they get uh put in the cooler you'll like watch them like cradle the cradle the uh, uh, glass in their hand like warming it up because you do like it does free up some of those those more subtle flavors like the fruitier flavors and like the uh, um, the spicier flavors and frees up some aromatic especially in your darker beers or your like aged beers so I mean that makes total sense but Mm -hmm. and uh, with this here uh,
0: they get to talking about um how people today drink beer colder than they did a century ago. Um, and he starts talking uh, about the right beer temperatures uh, because the recommended temperatures for pale beers are 9 to 11 degrees Celsius. 48 to 52 degrees. Thank you. Imperial system. Freedom units. Uh, <laughs> and for dark America. beer. America. <laughs> and for dark beer it's 11 to 13 degrees Celsius about 52 to 55 degrees freedom units. Actually uh, that's,
1: that that sounds except for the freedom units part. I mean that yeah. sounds that sounds exactly right. I mean it, it yeah you want I think I think even your your American beer geeks would like you know warm your darker beer yeah. served a little bit warmer.
0: Yeah. Um I so when I saw that I was like oh uh the textbook that they were referring to with this though uh said that it is appropriate to style to go up another 2 degrees i'm assuming celsius in the winter months all right so you'd be looking basically somewhere like 9 to 13 for your pale and 11 to 15
1: for your stouts so i mean in, in your dark beers and stouts you're talking like somewhere along the lines like what 58 to 60 yeah about sixty degrees, I'd say. Okay, I mean that's you know, still that's room temperature. That's yeah. That's, that's pretty but, much room temperature in winter. Yeah, provided you have a provided you have a heater or not a stingy bastard. Yeah, um, which he then gets into
0: talking uh, that you would be serving at least ten degrees warmer than the North American
1: preference for a Pilsner beer. Right. Um. Uh, well, shit more than that. Back what's what's the North American preference for a pilsner beer? It's got what? Like 34, 35. Yeah. So you're you're 25 to 30 degrees higher.
0: Uh
1: Fahrenheit. That, that would put
0: it around Fahrenheit freedom units. I'm sorry. 45 degrees? Oh, no. Actually, there was a mess up in the article. Yeah, you'd be drinking probably 15-20 degrees higher.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, again, there's a, there's a, the conversion error when we you know, go to like the the proper American units, and you know the, what the rest of the world uses. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's actually that's actually I'm actually militant for the metric system. I would uh, I, I'd give any. <laughs> no, I I quickly what's fi- what what what's five ounces in pounds? You don't know because it's a fucking stupid system. Five ounces in pounds? Yes. Uh, it'd be just over a quarter. Well, I, anybody knows that, but no, exactly the decimal number right now.
0: Uh, I you don't want to say it's point not two five that's
1: so you don't remember your home you didn't you're, you're trying to remember the home the, 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 the home the, room the, cheat the, sheet the, the cheat sheet we had by the by the register mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> damn right I am Uh but uh in the article they actually talk about how they go through a little bit of the history and talk about how uh, you're starting to see some Post on Reddit bringing this up. You can buy these on Amazon. Um, but it was a few short generations ago, every Czech pub would have had a bunch of these behind the bar, kind of like uh, your personal mugs that would be back there. You'd have your personal beer you'd warmer.
1: Have, you'd have your personal mug and beer warmer.
0: Yeah. Uh, it was a very popular Christmas gift. Um, they'd take it to the pub with them, they'd leave it hanging on the wall. Uh, they would then get their beer in their favorite glass and their, With their favorite, favorite warmer. Uh, apparently, it's still a rare sight, uh, even in Czech. Um, it is a lot of older people who will order it uh, just because that's what they've always done. It's mm-hmm. basically their version of that old guy in America in a small town who only drinks Bud Light, not Coors Light, just Bud Light because it tastes better.
1: <laughs> that's all he's drank for six or five years tastes like green apples yes
0: uh but it just kind of brought it up to me because i've been one to prefer prefer a lot of my beers a little bit warmer but just seeing that they actually made a device
1: for this for this purpose exactly yeah uh i mean yeah it, it yeah it makes sense i And uh, although it does surprise me that they – that a little bit that uh, they would have their beer warmer in the winter. But, I mean, again, it's sort of – especially when you're gravitating towards those big, boozy, um, you know, those uh, really big beers in in the winter. I could see – I could see a Doppelbach served at about 60 degrees being quite nice.
0: And I've done uh – I've worked an event out of the Botanical Gardens where they are, during the winter time, where it's their Christmas light winter garden aglow. Right. And I've been serving beer. And, yeah, I'm like, dude, I kind of wish I could just pour this beer fucking room temp. (laughs) uh, Because that would taste a lot better to me when it's 20 degrees outside.
1: It's 20 degrees outside. You want an ice cold beer? Go fuck yourself. I want anything but that. (laughs) Actually, that's a lie. I'm still going to drink a a beer. Yeah. It's, you know.
0: Uh, one thing in the article they did bring up was one of the, an- another couple reasons why uh, these are kind of dying off, even in their homeland, is uh, if they don't want a too-cold beer, they can ask for a bottle from the crate in a cellar, usually, uh, instead of one being pulled from the refrigerator. Or they can ask for a glass that's rinsed in hot water. Uh, or, if all else fails, you do what all the beer nerds do, and you just, you just sit, sit there, there and with your... And let it slowly start rising up to temp.
1: But you can buy these things on Amp, so is it really dying out, or, or they just are they still kind of a rare sight? Because you mentioned you could get one now. Yeah, or they're just...
0: they're. So, I mean, compared to where they were Fair. a couple generations ago, where every bar had them hanging on the wall,
1: now it's... Fucking kids have no respect for nothing. Yep. Not the beer warmers, not... So the... <laughs> we are going to order
0: some, and we are going to try a nice check pills there... On the air, with the beer warmer in Well, you
1: wouldn't do it... I mean, you wouldn't necessarily do it with a Pilsner, would
0: you? So, it was for any of the beers. Okay. Because the optimal temp,
1: they said, for
0: a pale beer, like a Pilsner, was 48 to
1: 52 degrees. Well, we need two things. First of all, I'm going to need to find a a Czech beer that's not Budvar, which I think is damn near impossible. (laughs) I mean, because... I mean, see, the problem with this is that here, available... Uh, and I know this because I've run several uh, uh, Beer Judge Certificate Program tests uh, or the classes there- thereof. Um, we usually just skip um, a, a Czech beer altogether because the only thing that, that you can find – well, okay. There's two things. You can find um, You can find Budvar, which is the true Budweiser, and then um, the one that's escaping me right now, uh, Pilsner Urkel. Pilsner Urkel you can get in a brown bottle. So, yeah, we can get some Pilsner Urkel. That's about yeah. that's about as good as we can do,
0: or we do a, if we can't get our hands on one of those. Do a German logger
1: and uh, German loggers are, are are ubiquitous. I'm sure uh, yeah, der Oppenhaus has all of them.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> we can find something that'll be similar enough to all right test this out.
1: Let us let us do this thing. Uh, what do we got next, Jeremy? All right, how to manage your cash flow. Wait, come back. I promise this isn't as fucking boring as it sounds. News now. <clears throat> so. Um, this is sort of ties into the, the turn to current events, but really not because I mean, one of the things that breweries need to do in order to weather all kinds of storms, not just major fucking global pandemics, but Hey, just like normal, the, the normal bumps in, uh, uh, the bumps in business that, that will arrive, um, everything from national disaster or natural disasters to just a slowdown in business because, you know, it's summer and everybody went camping.
0: Or Um, it's a snow apocalypse winner
1: yeah um it makes sense to have a little extra money in one's bank account um and that means you gotta have a little just just have a little bit of a buffer between business as normal and having to sell blood plasma for hops um not a good idea uh this actually comes from a uh, a special
0: better than working a crack corner
1: so uh and tyler knows this from experience um sometimes you just need that mosaic the, that sweet, sweet, come on, give me, give me the mosaic. Suck um, your
0: dick for some mosaic. <laughs> <laughs> wow, we took it too far, right there. No,
1: you took it too far. Which you is, encouraged me. This this whole podcast is essentially just that. Anyway, this comes from a special column in Brewbound by uh, by Kerry Shumway. Uh, he is the founder of the Craft Brew Finance, who publishes newsletters and guidebooks to the basics of brewery finance. Um, he lays out a three-step process. Note that his article was not the profanity-laden diatribe you are about to hear. Um, here's the thing. I took economics classes from some from, from really amazing instructors in college. Uh, they were the type of orators that could make a topic like Pareto efficiency very entertaining. <laughs> I literally sat and listened to an entire lecture explaining why children are inferior goods. Yes! <laughs> yes It was it's still one of my favorite things ever. Um so I can only understand economics through the lens of a half drunken ramble. So here it goes. <clears throat> Same with most of the people on Wall Street too. So Um yeah, but add more cocaine and I convinced <laughs> they still don't understand what the fuck they're doing.
0: <laughs> they just buy and sell. Uh
1: step one. Uh find out where your fucking money's going. Um, it should be noticed that these three steps focus on money leaving your brewery because, you know, while there are things you can do to influence the money that comes in, you, you really can't control it. Um, if people aren't buying your beer, people aren't fucking buying your beer, and it may take some time to figure out why the fuck people aren't buying your beer. I mean, maybe you go out on the Instagram and you find that your head brewer is on a viral video where he teabags the fermenter. Um, Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Uh, until you find that video and identify the problem, fire that asshole and rebrand your nut brown, um, you're gonna need some cash. (laughs) So, so start by making a list. Whoa! (laughs) It happens, you know, (laughs) it happens to the best of breweries. Um... It's not so much what exactly you're spending money on, that becomes important, but it's exactly how money is leaving your account and going into somebody else's. Um, The usual cash outflows come from four places. Um, Accounts payable, payroll, manual checks, electronic funds transfer, EFT, and automatic clearinghouse, ACH. Um, The last two, very specifically... You're going to want to keep an eye on those because those things take money directly out of your account. Um, it's super convenient, but it's also real easy to overlook. Um, so, you know, when income suddenly drops and you need to shut some money down, uh, those fucking bastards can rip it out before you even know what happened. So it's a good idea uh, to to understand like when those are about to hit, what's going out, and why. Yeah, you know, it's basically like the it's basically like the 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 the, the three hundred like uh, subscriptions you have in your house. You know, you know you fucking don't need them all, and the time will come. It's
0: that gym membership that automatically bills you every month, and then you're like, ah shit, I gotta start saving money. Well, I
1: let's be honest here, I'm not going to the gym. Tyler doesn't even know what a gym looks like. Uh, yeah, I do. You used the to. a bar. Know. <laughs> I mean, that, yeah, exactly. You need to know You need to know when those hit so you can go, mm, no, fuck that right in this right pooper. Um, and to be clear, this is shit every brewery, brewery owner should know. Like It's like where the circuit breakers or the water valve is, is in your house. It's handy to know where the shutoff is in case water starts shooting out of your wall or your fucking chat, cat chewed on a wire and is now on fire. You now need to put out the fire cat. Hashtag put out the fire cat. It's just good shit to know. All I can think of is the first thing I thought of when
0: you said you, the cat is now on fire is the scene in Boondock Saints when he slams <laughs> down the gun, shoots the cat up against the wall. Holy fuck.
1: Is it dead?
0: <laughs> I it.
1: Yes. That's how I imagine Jeremy solving the fire cat problem. <laughs> just by shooting it? <laughs> on accident. You don't see. If you shoot the fire cat, then you have exploding fire cat and your house is going down. That's just that's just simple. Look, I think they told it about, I think it was a song about on Sesame Street. Don't shoot the fire cat or it blows up and the house burns down. <laughs> that's why you shoot it with a big enough gun that it just vaporizes it. They did not cover that in Sesame Street. <laughs> Step two. And Pete is going to fucking kill us. <laughs> You can, you can take, you can take my money when you pry it out my cold dead hands, or in short, put yourself between the money and the world. Depending on the size of the company, you're probably doing this already. Uh, but bottom line, you should probably be seeing what money is going out and pretty much why always. Um, for for example, you should kind of know how much money your bar manager is spending on hookers and cocaine. I'm not saying that those are not viable expenses. I'm just saying, you know, in times of trouble, maybe the fuckwad needs two hookers this month.
0: Or cheaper hookers. If Wolf of Wall Street taught me anything, (laughs) there's different tiers of hookers. You don't want a hooker that takes an Amex black card, because they're three grand. You want... You don't want the blue chip stock one. You want... The penny stock one—that's fifty bucks. You get VD.
1: Yeah, see, that's, <laughs> that's 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 the problem. See, if you go if you go cheap, you're gonna risk you know the, another outbreak. <laughs> <laughs> that one's a little easier to control, though. I mean, yeah, if you get the ones that respond to penicillin, sure. Um, and again, this should be what you do normally, not necessarily when the shit hits a fan. Now, the time the shit hits the fan, it, you might already be you check that bar manager into rehab? Yeah, I mean, um, but if you, but as long as you sign, I mean, if you can sign every check from accounts payable, review the payroll report, see every check before it gets mailed and get a listing of all, uh, ACH and EFT payments, well, you know, at least you're near the shut off valves when the time comes to, you know, fucking shut them down. Or at least turn them to a trickle. Right. Um... And step three is find out where your money already fucking went. Um, This is actually an exact quote from the article. Um, Try to stay awake for this one. Quote, one of my favorite financial reports in good times and bad is the General Ledger GL report. Nerd! You know two things about a person who has a favorite financial report. First. (laughs) First off... (laughs) You know
0: something? If someone's an accountant, that is the most boring fucking profession ever. I had one guy be like, "Oh, you should really be an accounting major." I was like, "No, I like social interaction, and I'm not a fucking goober."
1: Um, hi, Dad. My dad is an accountant.
0: Oh, sorry, Mr. Jones.
1: I don't think he listens. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty pretty sure podcasts are the work of the devil, as far as he's concerned. But. Um, no, you know two things about someone who has a favorite financial f- report. First, they are a sexual dynamo, like they are explosive in the sack. And number two, they are someone you want to trust your finances with. <laughs> I mean, if, what is your favorite report? Oh, GL report. I think is my favorite. All right, you can you can just watch. Can my- you launder money for me? <laughs> can you watch all my money? Can you watch all my money? That's that would be good. Um, but. You probably don't have a favorite finance report, but, you you know, check, print this shit out anyway, grab a pint, and settle in for some just gripping reading.
0: Oh, fuck me.
1: <laughs> um, you're looking for a few things. What costs are recurring? What can we shut down immediately if need be? What payments can be delayed? Um, for example, uh, last week, uh, Tyler was talking about um, hot producers uh, being rather flexible as of late about payments going out. Mm-hmm. If you happen to know that, you could go. Well, we can, you know, call them up and, and see if
0: we can get net sixty instead of next 30. net thirty.
1: And you know, and you know, your bar manager's coke dealer is not going to wait for shit. So you got to put that. You got to put that front and center. Yeah. Um, In the words
0: of Biggie Smalls: if They want the drugs on credit. Forget it.
1: Exactly. The philosopher Biggie Smalls.
0: Because <laughs> if you think crackhead paying you back,
1: <laughs> but I mean. You you that way you kind of that way you can kind of make a plan in case you know in case of a slowdown and a slowdown is going to happen, and so you kind of go okay well income was a little bit light so let's so these so this doesn't need to be paid the landlord you know what we can just bribe him with beer he's an old fuck anyway he doesn't even know where anything is so we'll just it, it'll be fine you have access to that plastic tarp you can put over your head when you see the poo poo heading for the spinning blades. You can get that shit up and protect yourself. Bottom line, um, in order to maintain a reservoir of funds to weather a shitstorm, uh, your owner or general finance nerd, the guy who lo- has ha- has a you know, GL fetish. Um, GL fetish?
0: <laughs> you gotta be... Oh.
1: It's the, the the whole point is to be in a position to slow down the flow of money when intake starts starts dribbling like an oxygenarian, oxygenarian at a urinal. Hold on. Ugh. Backtrack a little. When you said GL fetish, the first thing,
0: I just imagine someone walking into like a sex shop and be like, where's your GL fetish sex? And then they like take them off to a back room that is just like Excel workbook spreadsheets, uh, accounting software, and just a giant QuickBook pocket pussy.
1: Some, somebody... Out there. Gets off on that. And that man started H&R Block. True. Fun fact. I've like read an interview with the guy who founded H&R Block. And his big thing was like, I love tax return. I just like, I love doing them. They're so much fun. And to that... Fucking weirdos. (laughs) (laughs) And to those people who just love to be locked up with a, with a fleshlight and, uh, you know, a... They don't need a
0: fleshlight. (laughs) They got a balance sheet.
1: (laughs) Just say... Find that guy, hire him, and you know have him manage the money for your brewery, um, or at least be in a, look through these. At least be in a position to know what's going out. That way you can you can slow down the slow slow it down. And otherwise you're fucked. Um, and if you're not doing that, uh, if you're not already doing that, you know what? Now's a fucking good time to start. You got the right time to learn. <laughs> All right, Tyler, what's
0: next? All uh, right, so. Actually, you want to go on to the next beer? I was going to say, what's next is the next beer. Uh, it is the Coffee Crumb Cake from Decadent. So it is a double IPA with coffee and turbinado sugar. Kinky. That's what
1: she said. No, that's what I said.
0: Don't make no. me get out of GL for you.
1: I'll bring, oh I'm one of those people with a GL fetish. I... I'm
0: more of a balance sheet fetish kind of (laughs) guy.
1: Okay, wow. First thing I noticed is like this, like really like brown sugary molasses aroma and flavor. Ooh, I mean it's like I mean it's almost like woody on the aroma. I mean it's uh, it does
0: smell like kind of a crumb cake though
1: i mean yeah it sounds a bit like a crumb there's like a component there that i'm not entirely on board the aroma now the flavor it could
0: be the leftover old-fashioned in this stein
1: too fair i mean the uh the the that's a that is the downside of the stein like it traps all the aroma it keeps out it it keeps out the plague We're, we're, we're safe from bubonic plague that's what we're worried about right yeah okay cool um
0: we're oh, sa- I thought it was yellow fever. My bad.
1: Uh, shit. I got mosquito nets, mosquito nets up. We're fine. Done. All right. We're there. Okay. We're safe from everything forever. All right. Um, but no, I get like the, yeah, the crumb cake. Yeah, that's it. Got graham cracker molasses. Touch of honey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, it's decent. Oh, and I just zoned out right there, so, uh... <laughs> So, Tyler so we got to remind Tyler that there's a microphone and people are going to be listening maybe. Well,
0: I was looking at the can. So, what did you find bad. out?
1: What did you find out?
0: It's 8.3% alcohol. And then I was kind of looking at the
1: label. Oh shit, it doesn't so, taste like 8.3%. No.
0: Not at all. All right. Uh, all right. Well, Ta- so, it's time for a little walk sort of down Memory
1: Lane, Jeremy. Um oh fuck, I know where this is going.
0: So, anyone who's worked at the former homebrew shop that jeremy and i used to work at together uh it was kind of like the initiation
1: uh we, we had we had a hazing ritual i mean it was it was a kind of playful hazing ritual and it was one that like that it that everybody did at the same time so it was less like hazing and more like a welcome here. it was a rite of passage it was a rite of passage is, is a better word but
0: so we had a regular that would come in uh to buy beer he was a big home brewer as well um but he would make milk wine yes uh and so he would bring in milk wine for any newbies to try from my experience about a two or three year old milk wine was the prime taste (laughs) it also
1: looked just utterly disgusting uh it did look uh, i i'm i'm going to be very graphic here so i mean you know so uh if you're if you're listening if you're listening to this with your children um first of all you why are, you are a terrible parent but right now would be a good time for earmuffs um, It looked like a little glass of strained bull semen. I'm just going to be straight. It looked...
0: <laughs> didn't smell much better.
1: And by the way, yeah, the it, it was right. It was... Well, I don't know what b- bull semen smells like, but you're from northern Idaho, so I will trust you. <laughs> don't, don't even pretend like you don't. I know. <laughs> I didn't grow up on a farm, Jeremy. <laughs> it's northern Idaho. I figure you're washing the stuff. Anyway. I don't know. It was... Actually, so... And but the flavor, I will, I will. It maintain. was also
0: like thirteen percent alcohol too.
1: So, so uh, I, I will maintain that the flavor was the reported. What, what, uh, pretty much everybody agreed, not as bad as you'd think. Yeah, not as bad as you were expecting going into it. Um, you kind of look at this, so it's like this, like weird, milky white. I mean, but not like like it's not opaque like milk. Say so it, it separated the fat out.
0: Yeah, so it's like.
1: Milky clear, yeah. I mean, yeah. So it was, all right. Full see <laughs> it wasn't. It wasn't great. Maybe not quite that thick, but you kind of look at it. It's like it's kind of a, you know, a vaguely hazy white color, and it tasted very nutty. That was the thing that always surprised me. It was like it was like nutty and like slightly sweet and a little bit like tart, like. You know a little bit of lactic acid there, but you know, um, I'm making this sound super super appetizing. (laughs) Well, this is all just
0: a little backstory. I mean, so on what we're about to talk about.
1: I mean, they say that's that. Yeah, the 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 article isn't about that, but apparently, you could conceivably take this uh, this milk wine um, and distill it.
0: Yes. So the Chicago Tribune had an article out uh, by brandy gonsolin and she talks about kind of a new vodka company that's made from milk so uh most people think wheat potatoes sometimes grapes can be used to make vodka
1: i mean basically vodka is the is the is the blanket blanket name for any neutral spirit that's not yeah i mean yeah it's there, There's potato vodka, there's wheat, or there's barley vodka, but yeah, if it's a neutral spirit, you can call it vodka.
0: Mm-hmm. So, uh, there is a long-standing tradition among nomadic Siberians, among whom milk was really their only source of sugar. Uh, and milk vodka is traditionally known as
1: araka. Um, <laughs> How... How sure are you about that pronunciation? Did you did you spend like an hour practicing it?
0: No, just looked at it. Okay. Uh, A-R-A-K-A. Sure, A-R-A-K-A. That's kind of what I was thinking. Uh, but now, there is a distillery in the United States that is uh, making a... It's now the Black Cow Pure Milk Vodka, uh, which is the brainchild of Jason Barber, a sixth-generation member of the renowned Barber Cheese family and friend of Paul Archard. Uh, the backstory on what inspired him to make this is he had a glass of homemade fruit brandy with a Polish friend. Uh, after sampling it, wasn't a big fan of it. He wrinkled his nose and said, "You know, you can make good drink from milk." Um, he has a herd of two hundred fifty grass-fed dairy cows. Okay.
1: I mean, uh, I mean, so uh, the, pause, pause. Um, that is obviously a, uh, that, that, that's obviously a salesman at work. That's, that takes like a, a, a hit of brandy. He's like, yeah, it's okay. But you know what you can make booze out of? Milk. <laughs> I mean, and I got cows! And I got cows. I mean, that's, no, no, no. I mean, that's, that, that's a scam artist at work. But you know what? Go ahead. Continue. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I'm just saying, that man is a salesman.
0: <laughs> this vodka is also clear, like your typical vodka would be. Uh, well, I should have, i should think so. I'm. There's some people probably thinking it looks like milk.
1: Well, the distillation process would. I would, mean, the very quickly. So I, I. I don't. Does it go into the how they actually make the milk wine or? Yes. Okay. Well, then I'll let you. Let so you. they start
0: and end with whey, the watery byproduct of cheat of the cheese making process. Yes. They ferment it with a unique unique yeast that can survive the lactic environment. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So they do it a little different than the guy who'd bring us milk wine where he used basically bino which is an enzyme to break down the lactose into sugars that the yeast could eat.
1: Yes. Um, and then scraped off so and then it would curdle and he scrape off a, a a layer of alcoholic cottage cheese which he would then you he, he, he then brought us and I tried I never tried the alcoholic cottage cheese um again i'm gonna I'm just gonna say not as bad as you think it would be although it's more it, it, on the scale it's more towards as bad bad as, as it, it could be it uh, tastes it tastes like cottage cheese that had an STd yeah.
0: <laughs> A cottage cheese that grew up on Bourbon
1: Street. (laughs) That's going to be my official review.
0: Uh, So they then distill it through a custom-built copper pot, and it is triple filtered. Uh, They say that because of the lack of the water in the distillation process, it gives the vodka a naturally low mineral content that produces a softer, more refined spirit with a unique, creamy character.
1: That sounds awful, but, I mean, keep going. I'm, 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 I'm on board. I'm on board.
0: <laughs> uh, he says that the vodka can support the most delicate flavors, making simple, low, or no-sugar cocktails taste brighter and more vivid. Uh, and they get into some of the, like, different little cocktails you can make up with it. Uh, but they launched this company in 2012 in England. Uh, It touched down in the States, in California, in 2016. uh, And they have plans for additional distribution in New York, Washington, and Chicago this fall. Um, And apparently some bars in L.A. are loving it because it's upcycled. Because they are taking a byproduct of making cheese that would normally be thrown away and using that to
1: to create
0: make, a booze and so all the hippies love it because it's upcycled
1: i mean that's rum too i mean i just want to point out that most r- people don't realize <laughs> that though <laughs> that's not i mean i'm no i'm i'm that that's awesome i'm glad that you know you can that that's another byproduct you can make into booze but that idea is not new that's what that's where rum came from motherfuckers mm-hmm. <laughs> so, Although rum makes more sense than this Although I, I do want to try it I do kind of want to try this vodka I, I
0: I might have to get a hold of a couple of my friends Down in California and see if one of them Can get us a bottle of this To try
1: So do it, so if you're listening If you're, you're one of Tyler's friends in California uh, yeah. Or
0: if you just live in California Or are down in California visiting And want to come sit on the podcast well, We can be bribed
1: I mean, I, you know, I, think, I think at this point in time We're definitely going to have to have you call in and you know because you know you, you you people are filthy down there with uh with with all the corona, um. But we'll, we'll you know but yeah, send us the vodka and uh, we'll disinfect ourselves, all of us from the inside out. <laughs> all right, cooking with beer news now. Um, I don't know about you, but I always cook with beer. The um, beer's
0: usually in me though.
1: I mean, yeah, but it actually turns out you can put it in the food.
0: I've done it a couple
1: times. Um, this actually comes from craftbeer.com. It's by Julia Clancy. Um, Clancy's thesis in this piece is that Pilsner is the ultimate beer to cook with, especially in relation to the most popular craft beer style IPA. Now, um, on the sur- on the surface, you, oh, you seem like you have an a, like a, a, an opposing opinion. So I feel like you're you're rubbing your you're rubbing your what well, I guess what passes for a beard. Um, <laughs> How's your beard coming, asshole? This is about, That's about three weeks' growth right here. Okay. So. But, I mean, what what is your opinion on cooking? Have you, have you cooked with IPA?
0: Yes, and I've cooked with pale ale. Okay. Uh, most notably, I've taken, like, a real bright citrusy, like, IPA or pale ale, soaked ribs in it. Okay. And then just cooked, soaked the ribs in it for a night. Really just kind of breaks it apart. You get a little bit of that kind of bright citrus coming through on it uh, when you actually cook it, uh, and I use kind of a more citrus forward rib rub on top of it to really kind of double down on it.
1: And how is it? Delicious. Um, only one time that I tried cooking with an IPA, I was going to make like, and this is probably my mistake. I was going to make uh, um, beer brats uh, at home, and I and I was like shopping for beer, I'm like oh, you could probably do that with an IPA. Why couldn't you do that with an IPA? And it pretty much, like, it tasted like... It tasted like I I had, like, rolled the, the sausages in, like, hop resin and then Ooh. cooked them. Um,
0: My biggest issue with cooking with IPAs is, compared to your Pilsner, it's going to be more expensive. Now, uh, if you can find an IPA that's being clear and stout, makes it a little more...
1: Well, any more, you can probably find an IPA that's line price with a Pilsner. So, I mean, you, you, you could conceivably replace them without too much, uh, too much cost. But, um, but, uh, her, her idea is on the surface, I mean, on the surface, IPA seems to be a better choice to cook with. The aroma is brighter. The flavors are more pronounced. The higher alcohol content should leave a little bit of a sweeter flavor. But according to her, the opposite is often true. It turns out that when IPA hits heat, the subtle aromatics disappear and you're left with a flavor that's more reminiscent of, like, the height of West Coast IPAs when brewers all over all over the country just said, you know what, fuck this. We're basically dumping entire bags of lawn clippings into our fermenters. And, you know, we're just going to go with that. 1,000 IBUs, yeah, perfect, perfect. Balance? I don't know what that is. Um,
0: now, I can kind of see that because every time I've ever cooked with IPA, I've mainly used it as, like, a marinade not actually hitting the IPA with heat.
1: Yeah, but you soak so. it in. You soak it in the marinade. I mean, it's a little bit different process, but um, bottom line, the harshness comes out more, and the bitterness comes out more, and the subtleties of any dish are just completely overwhelmed. Um, so a few a few of the recipes she tried with IPAs, um, broccoli and cheddar ale soup. When combined, broccoli and hops. Came off smelling like gasoline, mm. <laughs> which sort of kind of makes sense because I can kind of like see. I mean, broccoli has a certain smell when you cook it. Um, it I'm not of, a
0: fan of cooked broccoli. I hate the smell of that, anyways. So all
1: right, so combine that with like really bitter hops, and I can see I can see like a sulfury gasoline. Yeah. Flavor. Um, a pot of mussels tasted like rubbery bad, uh, rubbery expired IPA. Yeah. Um. Here's one that surprised me because I feel like I've had like uh, a fish fried in uh, 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 IPA beer batter, but um, beer batter for fried fish leads to a thick gummy breading that again, completely hid the flavor of the fish, um, which depending on your opinion of fish may be a good thing. Um, And beef chili IPA needs the beef chili IPA needed so much sweetness uh, to balance the uh, the bitterness of the IPA, that it kind of missed the point.
0: Hmm. I was going to say, because from everything I kind of heard, it was all a lot more subtle flavor dishes. And I feel like to hold up to an IPA, you need a big punch-you-in-the-mouth flavor. All right. But uh, you think
1: chili would be, I mean.
0: But then you said the chili, and that's where I was like, okay, maybe. But I know, like, the local uh, wine bar here in town... Used to use Bear Island's uh, fused pale ale, their jalapeno pale ale, in their beer cheese soup all the time. It was delicious.
1: Well, and it might be, def- I mean, the, 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 their so. pale ale is, is very lightly hopped. So it's a, I'd maybe be a different thing. So. But, um, but, I mean, in her comparison is like, if you like that, I mean, the, the idea is, you know, if you're looking at an IPA, and you're you're thinking about the qualities that might be good in a in a in in food, then what you really want is a pilsner, um, which sort of makes sense. Pilsner has a lot of the same qualities as IPA, with a much lighter profile. It's got the herbal aromatics, the bitterness, but the subtle qualities can come off as either toasted, or, and this kind of confuses me a little bit tart.
0: Hmm.
1: So I mean she so she describes like cooking with pilsner as acid with an afterthought of bitterness. Huh. So um, some ideas that she put out for uh, for uses with pilsner, um, pilsner with soy sauce, honey, and lemongrass as a marinade for chicken steak or pork, which I that already sounds kind of amazing. Yeah. I, I, I kind of want I, I kind of want some of that. Um, a pilsner pan sauce for chicken made with deglazing the pan with uh, with a pills and then adding fresh herbs or grainy mustard. All right. Um, and obviously anything beer battered, you know. I think that's kind of the standard. Yeah. Go to. Um, here's an interesting one though. All right. You melt down a slice of uh, a, a sliced head of cabbage with pilsner. Now, this to me sounds. And dump it in the trash. I was gonna say this just sounds like the description of a terrible fart like what, what like, like oh my god it smells like fucking cabbage and cabbage boiled down in pilsner in here who who the fuck let one go <laughs> um she also but she also says to add white misu lemon and toasted panko which now okay. sounds like a hipster fart <laughs> <laughs> or banned. <laughs> No hipster fart sounds like a band.
0: <laughs> I don't know toasted panko. <laughs> Could be headlighting
1: a tree for it. Well, they would have. Um, but uh, uh, she actually then. Uh, uh, the first thing I'm thinking of is like, all right, where does the fuck does Guinness stew fall on this uh, uh, the this scale? Because I mean that's one like one of my go to uh, uh, go to uh, dishes is uh, a uh, a uh, a. Uh, a uh, shepherd's pie that I cook with uh, equal parts red wine and Guinness. Okay, um, it sounds it's it's a much better than it sounds. Because it
0: sounds pretty good.
1: I mean, the red wine and Guinness. You kind of like I I remember like first getting this speak being like very very like mm, no I disagree. And I even tried the sauce. I'm like oh god no this is gonna be bad. And then for some reason some magic happened and I'm like no. Every everything yeah. is wonderful now. This is. I've heard of a couple of
0: people like using that in a shepherd's pie, and they and I've always heard good things. So,
1: but um, her, she says uh, that she kind of ends the article by saying stouts and porters are actually best for baking, but that's where she left it. She didn't. Uh, she didn't elaborate. So, really, if you're frying, um, marinating, or anything like that, and you want that like bitter, like that, that little bit of bitterness. Go for pills there. That's, that's 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 that that's where she's going with that.
0: And I would say anything with kind of like a lighter flavor or that seafood, like when she brought up mussels and she and she said she did and an IPA. I was like, why? I was like, because most people would cook mussels in like a white wine, right? Very subtle flavors. Why the fuck aren't you? IPAs have always been bold flavors.
1: She go with a pils. She did uh, put uh, p- post a recipe on this article that was uh, clams cooked in butter and pilsner, and that sounds fucking amazing. I think I'm probably going to do that this week. Uh, you know, with with some bread and some shit. I mean, that's I kind of read that. I'm like, that sounds amazingly easy and like the the best. I want all of that. I want all yeah. of that in my face right now. So um, I might be doing that. So. Nice. But you can't come over because, you know, mine. Fuck you. Um, you know, uh, social distancing and all that. Also, this need, this table needs to be longer.
0: Make me dinner, bitch.
1: <laughs> all right, so <laughs> your, your poor fiancé. Anyway, this has been <laughs> – Tyler, do you have anything to add to for this?
0: Uh, on a totally unrelated note, if you haven't watched Tiger King on uh, Netflix – it will it, it will unite the country during this hectic time and make you go, my life's not that bad.
1: I'm I've never even heard of this thing. Just
0: came out, I was like Netflix couldn't time the release any better. I binged through it between yesterday and today.
1: Alright, well I'm just, I have just I just realized that Archer came out with their new season, so And watch Tiger King first. It is
0: about a gun toting gay polygamist who smokes meth and owns a zoo with 200 tigers
1: oh, in so, Oklahoma. So it's basically the uh, the story of Joe Exotic.
0: It is Joe Exotic! Okay. <laughs> how the fuck do you know Joe Exotic?
1: Because he's run for president several times. Yeah, true. And <laughs> he got 19% of the gubernatorial vote in uh, Oklahoma. How do you mean? How, what do you mean, how do I not? I, I, I had never heard of this motherfucker! How? The bigger question is, how have you not heard of this motherfucker? I've been... I, I don't know. I was like, he is both Democrat and
0: Republican's worst nightmare. Because he is what each other hates about the
1: other. I was like, Republicans. Gay. I mean... Shoots guns. I mean, at risk of sounding very hipster-ish, I've been a fan of Joe Exotic before. He would we got a Netflix special. I mean, but welcome to the party. I'm glad... <laughs> and Carol murdered her husband. <laughs> I mean, Those are facts. I i can't remember when I first started like and also there's this like this whack a mole down in I don't think he's in Oklahoma. I think he's in Florida. Um the actual joke I don't know where the actual joke is out but I wanna say Florida No, maybe.
0: he's in uh well he's in jail right now. Uh, fair. Uh, okay. but he was in Oklahoma. He had a mentor that was down in South Carolina but he had an animal rights activist down in Tampa that was trying to shut him down. Her name was Carol. In the documentary he explains it, but I'm 99% sure she murdered her first husband and fed him to a tiger.
1: I mean, I maybe or maybe just the idea of like a guy illegally raising tigers should have the phrase Florida man in front of it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean I mean I mean the man's life just begs the begs the title of uh, Florida man so maybe it just I I just immediately made that connotation in my head so anyway all right well there you go uh, Netflix also will we'll be expecting that check uh, any day now uh, for that endorsement anyway um, this has been it's all beer um, all right you can get a hold of us on Twitter we're at it's all beer one that's where we post all the articles where we pulled this from uh, that way you know we're not making this shit up. Uh, we've got an Instagram at It's All Beer. You can find us on Facebook. And you know what? If you find a story that you want us to uh, sit and blab about, uh, send us an email. We're at beer at gmail.com.
0: Or carrier pigeon.
1: Carrier pigeon or rocket donkey. We still accept rocket donkey. Um, or tiger. Um, I do not accept tigers. I, actually, I have a strict no-tiger policy uh, because uh, they shit in the yard and it's huge. Um... <laughs> I clean up enough cat shit without it being bigger than me. Um, And that'll be... Oh, and you can also leave us a review. You can do so on Facebook or iTunes or probably Stitcher. I don't know. Um, And that'll be all from us. I'm Jeremy Jones. I'm Tyler Zimmerman. I'm going to have a beer. Have fun.